Thinking Leadership podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, and in this podcast, I interview leaders on their experiences of leading change, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. I'm interested in exploring how we lead disruptive change in a way that has a positive benefit for employees, business, and society. In other words, how do we be more human and relational in our leadership and make a difference? Disruptive change creates uncertainty and this week's guest has some great tips to help navigate uncertainty. If you'd like some more ideas on how to lead through uncertainty, you can download a report on nine top tips to lead through uncertainty from my website at www.leadwithjude.com. I'm absolutely delighted this week to uh, to be interviewing a personal friend of mine, Rebecca Mander, who is the founder of Guru You Coaching. Rebecca is an executive coach who specialises in supporting people in business who are particularly senior leaders, but people who are undergoing personal setbacks. Now, none of us are strangers to personal setbacks. We all experience challenges in life and work. Rebecca is one inspiring leader who's turned her own personal setback into a business supporting others. Now, I first met Rebecca two years ago, and I've invited her today to share her personal story on this podcast. It's both heartbreaking and inspirational. She's applied everything that she's learned, and it works. So have a listen. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Jude. Lovely to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I mean, obviously, we talk regularly, but I'm really excited for you to share your story and your thoughts around leadership and and so much more. So for the benefit of the, the listeners, can you tell us who you are and what you do, please? Yes, certainly. So I'm Rebecca Manda, founder of Guru Coaching, and I support senior leaders during personal setbacks. That's my niche, but um, quite often I can be coaching leadership um, and an executive coach um, with a bit of a difference, I guess you'd say. So tell us about when you say personal setback, what what do you mean by by that? What are some of the things that you you come across? Well, I think I've learned over the years that as we, you know, as we grow up, we're told that if you work really, really hard, then you'll be successful. And when you're successful, you'll be happy. Um, And I remember, you know, that going through my own life, you know, get to university, then I'll be happy. Then you do university and then you need a job. And it goes on and on until you're 50 something and wanting to pay off the mortgage. And then you'll be happy. And then when we come out of lockdown, we'll be happy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. And actually studies have shown that they've taken um, people 10 years apart and measured their happiness And when they've achieved their goals, they actually aren't, they don't report a higher level of happiness. Um, But what I do know for sure, and you will know this and so will your listeners, is that when we are happy, we perform really well. And when we perform really well, by nature, our businesses, our organisations and our own workflow is far more successful. And so... The work I do really centers around that well-being of the individual in order that they can maintain that level of performance. And quite often it's working in high demand sectors, such as the legal sector or the finance sector, that are very stressful um, at the top. And so if something is going on in your personal life, then that will affect you in your professional role. 
um, you know, divorce, financial struggles, going through um, homeschooling um, with loads of toddlers hanging on your ankles, um, losing a parent, caring for a parent. Um, and These sometimes are all life experiences, aren't they? They're all absolutely. You know, most most of us will experience the, the death of, of a parent. Well, we'll all experience the death of a parent and, and various other things. I know that you've had your own personal setback. Are you willing to share that with, with the listeners? Of to, to share and, and to share particularly how you came back from that and what you learned in the process? Right. Yes, sure. So I was the managing director of a very large electronics company and we lost, uh, sadly, uh, one of our children, um, Charlie, who was one and a half at the time. And I was asked at the same time to, sorry, I was sales director when that happened. And a year later, I was asked to become managing director. And so I was really thrown in at the deep end. Um, we were also at the beginning of the economic crisis in 2008. And so there I was, um, a new mum, um, because we'd, we'd had a baby girl, uh, lost, grieving my own son, um, Charlie, and being asked to um, be at the helm of this organisation that was reporting, you know, we'd sold it for millions a few years before, and now it was reporting a minus £146,000 loss. And I was being asked to turn it round without any um, experience of, of being um, at that level in management. And so it was just very, very challenging. And so I really understood what it's like to need to look the part when internally you're falling apart. And I put on, I used to say, you know, the more important the meeting, the higher the heels. And I'd put on those heels and I'd, you know, I'd power up, but it never, nothing could, nothing could help in those dark days when I'd rather have been, um, I was Googling self-help books rather than working on the books. Um, so in that challenging time, um, we had to pull ourselves through. And Charlie Star is um, a tool that I use with my clients now. And it's the way that I did that. So years later, I thought, how did I do that? How did I go from that space, those deep, dark days to where I am now? And so there are various different um, ways in which I would do that. I think the main thing for me was asking for help and not and recognizing that I couldn't do this on my own. It felt like I was, you know, facing a huge mountain and someone had given me a pair of flip flops to wear to climb it. And so I thought, who do I need to know? Who? So I found a psychologist. I spoke to the police, the pathologists, everybody that I knew would have the answers to fill that knowledge gap that and for me. And then friends and family, when they said, let me know if there's anything I could do to help. I didn't just not ring them. I would ring up and say, could you please take Joshua to Hatton Country World just for the day because it was down the road from us and it was a, a bit of time out for me or, um, you know, can, can, you, can you ask Craig if he fancies a drink because I think he's a bit low. So relying on others to help me forward was really key. And, um, and can, I just, can I just repeat, there's a, there's a line that you, that you said very quickly and I think it's a really important line that I just want to repeat and forgive me correct me if I get this wrong but mm. I think you said um I can't tell you how difficult it is to look the part while inside you're falling apart 
And mm. that's such a powerful line that always hits me in the heart and makes me a bit teary because mm. it's something that I think we've probably all experienced at some point where, um, I mean, obviously the loss of a son is probably the, one of the greatest tra tragedies, if, if not the, the greatest tragedy anybody can, can experience in life. But we've all experienced a sense of loss at times where, or most people I'm sure have experienced, where they felt that they need to just keep going and look as though everything's okay. What would, you, what would your advice be? And, and right now we're, we're still in, we're in lockdown three at the time of recording this. So we're still in lockdown three, we've got social isolation, we've got mental health issues increasing. We've got people, a lot of people really struggling. And there's probably a lot of people listening who are trying to look the part and, and inside wondering how on earth do I get to the end of the week? How do I manage all the stuff that I'm trying to do? What, what are some of the, what would your advice be for, for people who are, who are trying to look the part? Yes, very good. I love that question. And it is, you know, I think I was surrounded by um, male leaders. And so when I say I needed to look the part, it was almost like, you know, that stiff upper lip, keep going. I'm not saying all male leaders are the same, but um, from the culture, the background that I was from, it was definitely the case. But for the people who were around me regularly, so my senior leadership team, my PA, for example, I would be open and honest. And I would really recommend that people do that with their peers um, and they do it with the people they feel safe with um, and they feel they can trust. And it's not about as a leader, we also need to be mindful that we are carrying others and we need a, they need a space um, to come and so we can't be you know bawling our eyes out on the floor or you know we have to it has to have some measure but I do think that the pressure of pretending you are okay makes it a lot worse and leads to further anxiety and physical as well as mental health problems so you know small things like backache shoulder tension um, and uh, sleepless nights because if you call it out if you say do you know what I'm having a really bad week um, you don't even need to say what's happening you could say things are quite stressful at home I'm going to reduce my diary this week um, but I'll be back on full you know I'll, I'm sure I'll be fine next week but this week's quite tough what that does is that creates not only does it help you because it takes away that pressure you know you have permission to not be okay. So firstly, that's great. But it also lends itself to a beautiful culture in your organization where other people can do the same. And you're saying to them, it is okay to not be okay. Right now, I'm not okay. I will be okay. And you can help me with that by supporting me and you know, um, diverting my calls or taking some messages for me. But, but this is okay for you to do as well when you need to. And I think we need more of that in our uh, businesses. Yeah, and it's something that, you know, obviously we're, we're friends and it's something that we have done during the, the lockdown, mm. particularly, isn't it? Uh, you know, if, I know that if I've had a, a bad day for whatever reason, I pick up the phone and I, and I bother you <laughs> and say, <laughs> how's your day, day going? Mine's terrible. And with the two minutes of hearing your voice, I just feel better. And, and it doesn't mean that you've necess I've necessarily had to like offload all of it, but just 
reaching out to somebody who you just know is going to boost your your spirits and your energy levels I think is just so I you know I personally find that really valuable and I hope I hope I do the same for you but uh, yes you do definitely but I I think you know I think having that support network is so important isn't it and do you do you find do you find that when people are going through a personal setback that they do naturally reach out and build a support network or are they more likely to go inward and try and cope on their own from what I've seen with my clients, they're more likely to go inward and try and do it on their own. There is a big feeling that um, being strong is doing it alone and keeping it in and resilience even is keeping it in and keeping going regardless of what's going on around you. Almost like someone going through a battlefield with a load of armor and loads of swords and bullets hitting them and just keeping on going. But sadly, we don't have the armor and um, and we are human. And so those bullets hit us and it's painful. Um, and so I think that, you know, I was so grateful when I heard that TED talk from Brené Brown, that power of vulnerability, because it gave me as a coach and as a leader permission to be vulnerable. And again, when I say I think people think that vulnerability is about weakness, but actually I think the strength in going through as you say, uncertainty or setback is showing your weaknesses, is showing your vulnerability, is calling it out and is finding a way forward um, with the help of others quite often. Yeah. So it's a shame. Yeah. And I think there's, there's something really empowering about being able to say to somebody, I'm really struggling today. And to just to just let your guard down and just be human, because we've all struggled. Let's be honest. There isn't Mm. a single person that has just flown their way through the pandemic without a care in the world without a sleepless night without worrying about anything I guarantee everybody has had at least one day where they felt anxious or stressed and so just that being able to just go do you know what I'm really struggling today is is so empowering to be able to do that and I and I guess I don't I don't know about you do you find that there are certain people you can do that with and others you can do that less with is it is it about creating a culture where everyone in the organisation can do that? Or, or do you think some people are naturally just a bit more compassionate and a bit more empathetic? Yes, definitely. I think you need to, to be you need to feel safe in your environment. Um, but I do think also managing upwards that you need to be able to say to your line managers uh, or your leaders um, when you're not feeling good, whether or not they're an empathetic person um, or compassionate, because that's self-care. And I always say that no one can care for you the way you can care for yourself um, because you know yourself better. And so sometimes you need to put things in place that might mean you have to speak to a less compassionate person, but it's having that compassion for yourself, which is key, which you know, which drives you to have that challenging conversation you might see as challenging at the time. Um, and again, it comes back to, yes, I think as leaders, we think we're invincible and we should just keep going and we should have all the answers. And whenever I do my group work, uh, this often comes up. People say, oh, no, I thought I had to have all the answers. And I say, well, when think of a leader that you really admire. And so they do. And then I say, well, 
when have they ever asked you for your opinion? And they say, yes. And I said, how does that make you feel? Have they ever told you they're not feeling great? Yes. And how does that make you feel? Makes me feel privileged, makes me feel responsible, makes me feel on a level with them that I haven't been at before. And so it's quite ironic that people as leaders think they need to be all seeing, all knowing and all dancing, but yet they're, they're inspired by people who are not quite incredible. It is, and, it, and it's a really, there's a really lovely balance here, isn't there, between not being a complete crumbling wreck and saying, I've no idea what I'm doing and going into a complete panic versus that holding everything together for yourself and everybody and looking, you know, trying to be Little Miss or Mr. Perfect. There's a balance here, isn't there, in terms of having a level of honesty and transparency and vulnerability that creates um, a greater level of connection. Because one of the Absolutely. things that, that I've certainly found is that when people are open and honest, and when I'm open and honest with them, we actually build a stronger relationship. Um, and that in itself is so powerful and so valuable in, in life and in, in work. How do you how do you encourage people to do that when when it it feels so so alien for for so many people? Yes, that's a really good question, and and I think as, uh, the way I do it is to explain to people um, that uh, as human beings we are conditioned to distrust that which is not genuine, and so we have an instinct to notice where someone's hiding something and that makes us on that steps we step back from that person um and one of the biggest uh, most interesting piece of feedback i got from um a senior leader at very high level um said i realize after my coaching i can be human and i thought what a strange thing to say but yes you're right jude it is alien to many people to to say to the team how was your weekend and it's just little things like that. You're not sharing too much. And then they might say, how was your weekend? Now, this particular leader would have said, it was great. Thank you. Boom. Done. But actually saying, oh, it's lovely. Went for a dog walk. Um, but my um, my son fell out. It fell over in the mud. He got covered head to toe. And um, uh, or in these times, it could be saying, oh, I've had a dreadful weekend. It's just like out Groundhog Day. I don't know whether I'm working or I don't know whether I'm off. It's just the same every day. Just by giving a little bit, you're opening yourself up, as you say, Jude, for that deeper connection, because people recognize that you are showing a bit of yourself. And if you're not, to be honest, they just won't be interested, whether or not they're an outgoing person themselves. But you need to have some kind of open window to your soul in order to build trust within your team. Yeah, it's interesting. And um, one of the things that's coming up for me around as we're, as we're talking about this is is how shame plays a part in this. Um, because we'll do almost anything to avoid shame. And there, there's a, and particularly now, I really, I really push against the word resilience, as mm. you know, because you've heard me say that before. Because resilience for me smacks of, well, just dig a bit deeper. And if you're not resilient enough, if you're not coping, you're not resilient enough. And actually, none of us are resilient enough to navigate a pandemic without having a down day. And so resilience has its limits, um, no matter how you know, mentally fit and agile you are, we're all always gonna hit against those, those limits. What would your advice be to people who 
are just really struggling and maybe feeling ashamed that they're not coping? I think my advice would be to look back at how far you've come. So to go back to the beginning of um, whatever period of time you're thinking about. So say someone's listening to this quite recently and they just they just don't know how they're going to move forward. It's about recognizing where you've come from. So looking from March till, till now, what were the strengths that you've shown? What are the strengths that you've displayed? What, what great things did you achieve? And really, even if you have to go month by month or ask people for um, their input, people around you, because quite often when we're, when we're feeling negative about ourselves, we selectively attend to everything that's negative. So it's quite difficult to dig deep and get these positives out. But finding your strengths, looking for your strengths, you can um, you know, download a, a strengths vocabulary, but use that to then think, right, how am I going to move forward in the next three weeks, for example, and then pick out maybe three strengths that you've seen that you really feel akin to and think, what are the smart ways, what's my smart goals for the next three weeks using those strengths? Um, I think it's really important. Quite often, we just think we can keep going and we don't stop and reflect. And actually just taking half an hour to do that exercise would would just be phenomenal, would have huge, um, uh, uh, huge benefits. Mm. Um, One of the things that I've been I've been um, talking to a lot of clients around uh, around uncertainty is the fact that um, we don't we don't know how to navigate uncertainty by its very nature. So mm-hmm. we make it up based on our values, our experience, our beliefs and the people around us. Um, and that's why collaboration is, is so important. But it's so, what I think what you're speaking to is where it's so easy to focus on what's not known or what's not going well or on all of the challenges. And then we forget that actually there is a lot of clarity. Um, you know, even in the pandemic, yes, we switched to remote working, but for most people, their job hasn't massively changed. They're just delivering and doing it in a different, in it through a different medium. Um, so it's recognizing that where you put your attention is, you know, is it on the negative stuff or is it on the positive stuff? I mean, absolutely. In the last in the last nine ten months, I don't know if if you've seen this, but certainly what I've seen with clients that I've been working with is that they've gone on their own massive growth journey, really to because they've had to develop the personal skills the leadership skills the team skills that were probably always there to a point but they've had to hone them people have been much more compassionate they've had more empathy they've worked harder to communicate because we've been operating in a virtual environment and they've worked harder to keep the team engaged and connected what do you think are some of the positives that have come out of the last nine ten months that have that that will position leaders well for the future I think it comes back to that being human um people have seen their leaders um in their homes they've had that insight they've seen them with their children or their cat or their dog um I have um I have one client who used to regularly say that she wore a mask to work that no one actually saw her and one of the feedback pieces of feedback that she got was that it felt like she was wearing a mask and um and she 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 tried to drop it and she did 
Um, but when she went into lockdown, there was no mask. There just wasn't possible to have the mask. And she said, now I've just got a rate. She could see the benefits every day of that. So as a leader, she was seeing the benefits, but her team definitely were. Um, and I think it is that. I think also, although I don't think on this whole, it's being done enough. I think there's a bit too much of assuming people are okay, not enough checking in. I do think that there has been more checking in um rather because we know we haven't got those water cooler moments so we are taking time to check in with our teams to see how everyone's doing and there's been almost an openness of that discussion so in the workplace before if someone said to you how are you today you're looking a bit tired you'd be thinking why are you talking to me like that am I going to go to HR what's next you know whereas now it's very common place to have that sort of conversation um, and recognise that a meeting might not be able to go ahead because a baby's crying in the background. I remember when I was, you know, if I was working from home on the phone to my boss, my baby was crying in the background. I'd go and hide in the shoe cupboard. I wouldn't let anybody hear that. I wouldn't, oh my God, no, I can't let them know I've got a baby. So I think there's huge benefits to what we're going through and, um, and, and a lot more flexibility People are thinking, actually, maybe I can work from home and maybe I, you know, maybe that's OK. Um, and a lot of leaders of where they would never have let somebody work from home because they wouldn't have trusted them, have realised that actually they've got no choice. But actually people are performing and being amazing through that time. So what I'm hearing from that, there's a lot here around authenticity, about being honest and transparent and having that open open communication and and actually genuinely taking care of each other's mental health I mean it's actually a it's actually an employment uh, requirement now that employers are responsible for mental health of of employees and I think it's something we've not taken seriously enough but it's something that we've we've done much more of in the last nine ten months uh, and there's and there's much more there's much more to do um there is to do Final yeah sorry go on no go sorry. on now I was just going to say that it, there is a lot more to do and you know we've there's reports are coming out that the return on investment for support is so much more and I think that ticking a few boxes isn't enough now um you know I've got a mental health first aider tick box uh, we did a wellness webinar tick box that's not enough uh now we need to do more as as, as leaders in our organizations Final question for you, Rebecca. What keeps you awake at night? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a great question. You, you didn't tell me. Oh, my goodness. What is that answer going to be? What keeps me awake at night at the moment is my 18-year-old. <laughs> Worrying about his A-levels in this awful period of lockdown. But, no, what I tell you what, if, if you know, we're talking, um, you know, along the subject, actually, when... Um, I listened to the Prime Minister's uh, talk, his speech telling us we were all going into the third lockdown and uh, we were level four. I actually thought very, I was very emotional thinking about families that are struggling, that aren't in, uh, you know, privileged positions. And I think that's what, you know, the food, looking at this week, it's been food, school meals, access to laptops um, and, and the mental health issues that are coming up for people 
that are not going to get the support they need until, you know, well, you know, they'll go on a long list. And that's actually what keeps me awake at night. So that's why I, I launched actually the, an online program that will be able to people be able to access a bit more. But really, that is, I think, mental health is a huge issue that we need to address quickly. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked, we've been talking about personal setback and how we, how we recover from that and how we, how we move forward. And I, I know you've got a, a fantastic course, course called Bounce Forward, haven't you, that does exactly, that does exactly that. And I'll put the details in the show notes of how people can, can access that. But what I'm hearing from you there is that it's really important to remember that, that it's a privileged few that have access to coaches and, and support networks and that actually there's a lot more that we need to be doing in society and that maybe part of what we're doing with rethinking our leadership is looking at how do we work on a systemic level to support some of those vulnerable members of our of our communities yes absolutely and you know in the legal profession as where i work mostly you know it's, it's looking after your junior members it's looking after the, the the people the paralegals the newly trained staff that haven't employees who've not had that support it's checking in with them and making sure that they're okay because they certainly won't have access to um, coaching and mentoring perhaps so it really it is about looking after everyone in our organizations not just at the top Rebecca, thank you so much for your time today. I've loved it. Thank you, Jude. It's been an honour. I'm always struck by what it takes to bounce back or forward from personal setbacks and how we all do it in different ways. Rebecca is one of the most warm-hearted, generous and giving people that I've ever met. She has the most incredible smile and on audio, I hope that comes through because her warmth always lifts a room. And I think Rebecca's a testament to the incredible human spirit and and what we can overcome. The key thing that she talks about is and that she practices is the need to reach out for support when we're going through personal setback. And it's so much easier to go inward and try and resolve it on our own. But she talks honestly about how people regularly do that. But there's a real need to reach out for support. And it's something that Rebecca does wholeheartedly, as well as giving generously. So I encourage you to do the same because 2020 was one of the most challenging years for all of us, created huge amounts of uncertainty and lots of different emotions and challenges for people in different ways. So we're now in 2021. So what's your biggest challenge now? And who might support you and give you a new perspective on it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Please share it with someone else so we can collectively inspire each other to rethink leadership in the world. If you'd like more ideas on how to lead through uncertainty, you can download a report on uncertainty from www.leadwithjude.com. That's it for this week. I was your host, Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, challenging the status quo of leadership. Find out more at www.judejennison.com. Until next week, keep leading and I'll be back soon with another interview on Rethinking Leadership.